0: Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus shares two parables today, each having to do with the planting and the growing of seeds. And he's, and he's doing this, he's sharing these parables because he's teaching his disciples and he's teaching us about the kingdom of God and its certainty. Especially in times when we might find ourselves concerned, or weary, or even doubtful. And so Jesus tells these two parables so that we might better understand his kingdom and how it works. The first parable Jesus tells is the parable of the automatic nature of a seed growing. We we hear about a farmer who broadcasts his seed on the ground, and while he's sleeping and while he's waking, day and night, the seed goes on sprouting and growing. The farmer, for as skilled as he is and as much agricultural knowledge as he has, he doesn't actually know how the seed grows, but it does. The seed grows and fruit will appear and then it will be time for the harvest. And until that day, the farmer can always be joyfully and steadfastly in his work, even when he doesn't yet see the fruit of his labor, because he is confident that that seed is still growing. This is the first thing that Jesus says his kingdom is like, but but what does Jesus mean? Well, what we're going to do is first look at this parable and see how it applies to Jesus himself. And we'll do the same with the next parable before we apply it to ourselves. Remember how last week we discussed that Jesus is already facing opposition from others in his ministry, even from his own family members. And some of his enemies had already resolved to kill Jesus. And yet, Jesus will not be deterred from what God his Father in heaven has sent him to do, which was to establish the kingdom. Now, when Jesus talks about the kingdom, we remember that that he isn't talking about a geographical location, as in the borders of an earthly kingdom. The kingdom of God refers to the total reign and rule of God, his activity, his action among us. And the one we see primarily acting on our behalf is the one who bears all kingly authority in both heaven and earth, Jesus Christ himself. Establishing the reign and rule of God is exactly what Jesus did. He steadfastly shared the word and proclaimed the good news of God. He taught the crowds. He trained his own disciples. He broadcast the seed of God's word, like that faithful farmer working in the field. And, and what's more, Jesus is the word of God incarnate. He is the seed of God's mercy and grace in human form. So when Jesus went to the cross to pay the debt of sin that we owe to God, he was in fact the seed of the kingdom, dying and being buried. But by his death, beginning to take root... And while the whole world went on sleeping and waking for three days, day and night, the seed that had taken root began to sprout and grow. It would happen just as Jesus told his disciples it would happen. On the third day, he sprang to life. That buried seed came to life as Jesus stepped out of the grave. He rose to show us that to be in his kingdom means to be alive. The seed of God's kingdom always bears fruit. Now think for a moment how critical this parable would have been for his disciples to not only hear, but to remember and to take to heart. After Jesus rose and then ascended into heaven... It was the disciples who were given the responsibility to sow the seed of God's word, to cultivate the kingdom of God, and, and not only in a little field, a little garden in Jerusalem, but truly to go out into all the world. And they, and they may have been tempted to wonder, well, what can we do to possibly make this seed grow? We can do nothing. It could have paralyzed them to do nothing at all. But they didn't, and they weren't. They took to heart Jesus' parable. Uh, Read through the the book of Acts and see what those early Christians courageously did to share God's word. and, And make no mistake, they faithfully sowed the seed of as they were called to do, but the seed didn't grow because of them. Christ's kingdom didn't grow because of how wise they were or how impressive their speech was or how great their effort was. The farmer doesn't know how the seed grows, but he also doesn't need to. He faithfully works in the field, even when he may not see yet the fruits of his labor, because he is confident that the harvest will still come. You may see how this can apply to us today. It's it's not news. It's not anything new to see that in churches across America there are declining numbers. Fewer and fewer in the United States call themselves Christians, and, and even fewer actually demonstrate the fruit of their faith, participating in the body of Christ. Fewer are attending church regularly, or receiving God's word regularly, or receiving Holy Communion regularly, or bringing their children to Holy Baptism, or being a part of the joyous fellowship that is life in the church. COVID certainly did us no favors, as many so-called Christians are content staying home now, never attending church Never desiring communion. Not for health reasons, but just because it's more convenient not to be involved. But COVID wasn't the thing that caused this, we should be clear. The pandemic simply escalated this trend that was already on the rise. And, and so what should our response as Christians be? Do we just mill around in, in the field and, and lurk over God the seeds of God's word? wringing our hands because we can't see the growth? Do we lose heart because the crop comes in smaller and smaller each year, not only in our country, but in our homes and in our families as well? Is our only response to be paralyzed and do nothing at all? Well, the answer is no. That's what Jesus says. He tells the parable of the growing seed because he is encouraging us. We must remember that we do not control the growth of God's word. That is his job. We are simply called to be faithful workers in the field and to trust that even though we may not see the immediate fruits of our labors, we keep on working. And it begins with ourselves. Are we In church regularly? Are we bringing our families as often as we can? Are we making use of the overflowing abundance of God's grace that he continually offers here in both word and sacraments? And are we boldly sharing the love of Christ with those around us in our homes and in our families and out there in this community? Now, we all recognize, or at least we should, that none of us are as faithful as we ought to be. We all fall short. But be assured, there is forgiveness. We recognize so often we fail at sowing the seeds in our own lives, as well as in the lives of those who do not yet know Jesus. But even for these failings, even for these sins, Christ died forgive, You are forgiven. And then Jesus calls you once again to be renewed. To be renewed in your work in his field and to look forward to that day of harvest that we know is coming. And like the steadfast farmer, you will eventually see the fruit of the labor that God has called you to do, even if you can't see it right now. Imagine all the faces of the people you will see in God's eternal kingdom. People for whom you had the privilege to help sow just a tiny seed in their lives. People you may even be surprised not knowing what it was that you did. And yet God was faithful to grant the growth. You can look forward to the day of the harvest even right now. Even now, when all it seems like you are just placing a small seed in the ground. And that brings us to the second parable that Jesus uses to teach about his kingdom and his reign and rule as king. The second parable is all about the nature of the seed itself.
1: The kingdom, Jesus
0: says, is like a mustard seed, which when it is sown on the ground, it looks completely insignificant, powerless devoid of life, because it is so small. Just by looking at it, you wouldn't expect it to do anything astounding. However, when that seed grows, it becomes the largest plant in the field, spreading out its branches so that all the birds of the field can find in it safety and shade and rest. And again, to understand what Jesus means, we first look to Jesus and see how this applies To him, we see that Jesus, the the son of God, the, the word of God incarnate, the bearer and bringer of the kingdom of God, the reign and rule of God on earth. Well, he came to earth as insignificant as a mustard seed, at least according to what the world saw. He was born in the lowly city of Bethlehem. Not in a palace, but in a stable. He was laid in an animal's feeding trough. He had to flee for his life to Egypt. He grew up in the backwater town of Nazareth. He was the son of a carpenter. He asked simple fishermen to follow him. And then what did Jesus do? He spent time with the poor. The sick, the lame, the downtrodden. Yes, he did many miracles, but not for his own glory or power, but to help others and to show them who he was there for them. He taught the ways of God. He did not call his followers to take up arms. He led no rebellion. And finally, he submitted himself to be tied up and beaten and crucified. Jesus died a shameful death on a wooden cross and was buried in a tomb that wasn't even his own. And when the world looked at Jesus, they saw nothing at all that resembled a king. Nothing at all that would indicate that a great kingdom was about to grow. But we know that it did, because we know Jesus He was not a king like this world would imagine or hope, and and his was not a kingdom like this world would have wanted. Instead, he was the king, and his was the kingdom that this world truly needed. Sin and death and Satan had had us all in captivity but their grip on us was shattered at his cross. Jesus destroyed our enemies by taking upon himself the weight of our sin and death. And he rose again as the ultimate act of victory, inviting everyone to simply believe in him so that he might freely share eternal life with them. And on that day, That future day when we know Jesus is coming back again and he raises us to eternal life. We will see those branches spread out far and wide. All nations coming and gathering around him. All nations being able to gather in safety and shade and perfect rest for all eternity. Where sin and death will be no more where what once was sown as the smallest and seemingly most insignificant seed will be the greatest and most profound for us to see. That's what Jesus was teaching his disciples.
1: Do not judge
0: the kingdom of God only by what you see.
1: And again, think about how
0: important of a message that would have been for them to hear and to remember and to take to heart They would be going up against the powers of the religious elite in Jerusalem and then the whole might of the Roman Empire. How could the kingdom of God possibly compare to kingdoms such as these? Well, we too might worry about such things. How can the kingdom of Christ, how can his church compete with all the other kingdoms out there? Whether they are political kingdoms, or kingdoms of false religions, or even the kingdom of our godless culture, where every day people seem to work harder and harder at finding ways to reject God and the truth of his word. We might grow weary. We might wonder, what's the use of this work? Especially when the church now seems so diminished, so marginalized. Christianity does not hold the privileged position in our country that it once did about half a century ago. Every day we hear more stories about how how Christians are denounced as behind-the-times or old-fashioned or small-minded. The devil loves it when the followers of Christ look stupid or weak or small. But in response... Jesus invites us to look to him and to listen to him and see that they did the same thing to him. That to the world he appeared to be the smallest of all the seeds and his kingdom appeared to be the most insignificant of all the kingdoms, but in reality it was just the opposite. The smallest seed grew to be the largest plant in the garden. And because we know Christ, we know the truth about his kingdom. We know the truth of what will be in the future, our future. That there is only one king, and when he comes again at his name, all tongues will confess and all knees will bow to Jesus Christ, the one and only Lord. That the seed of faith that he has given each and every one of us will grow into eternal life. Therefore, we sow the seed, even in small and seemingly insignificant ways. The devotion you do as a family, even when the kids are bouncing off the walls and you're not even sure if they're listening. The prayer you offer your coworker, even though you aren't sure if she even believes. The Bible verse you share as an encouragement to your friend. The invitation you offer to your neighbor to come to church with you one Sunday. The couple of hours that you join in telling Bible stories to the kids at VBS. The conversation you're able to have at an ice cream social, let's say, with the neighbor from across the street. A small child who is brought to the saving waters of holy baptism. The simple bread and wine that you eat and drink as your pastor invites you to receive the very body and blood of your Savior Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of all of your sins. The regular gathering together with your brothers and sisters in the faith, where you find your strength and encouragement. To the world, these things may all seem like the smallest of seeds that they can't possibly ever amount to anything. But God says... That these are the very seeds of his kingdom. And he promises that they will accomplish exactly what he intends for them to accomplish. That they are nothing less than the very seeds of his kingdom that will bear the fruit of eternal life. And for us here at Christ our King, I know that many of us may be wondering what our future will bring. What our future will look like. As a congregation, many people will will look at a new pastor and assume that that changes must be coming. That changes need to come, otherwise, how can we ever push back the tide of what seems so inevitable in our world today? Now, on one hand, yes, we should always be evaluating how God is leading us to best steward our time and our energy and our resources as a congregation, and we'll do just that. We might find some new opportunities that that God leads us to sow the seeds of his kingdom. But, But that's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. But on the other hand, we've always had exactly what we've always needed as the church. Because the church has always had Jesus Christ. He is the one who gives of himself and gives himself to us through his means of grace, through his word through his sacrament. That is the seed that he sows in us that will never fail because Christ will never fail. He gives himself freely to us so that we might then go out into all the world and freely give of ourselves to others. So take heart, brothers and sisters in Christ, at Christ our King. Be like the faithful farmer, confident that your work In his kingdom is never in vain, but will produce exactly the fruit that God intends it to bear. Sow the seed of his kingdom, even in small and seemingly insignificant ways, especially in small and seemingly insignificant ways, because the Lord of the harvest will always direct its growth. In Jesus' name, amen.